Welcome to This Guy's Sick. I'm Sam Valentine, and this is a very, very quick little mini episode because uh, at the moment I'm uploading our first part of our huge um, seven compilation episode, which is four hours long, and we barely scratched the surface. We did drink excessively throughout that four hours. Me, myself, was drinking gin, and I basically did, you know, about four cans of cider and half a bottle of gin during during starting the episode and ending the episode so towards the end we may all be a bit silly and it might not be it might not make too much sense and we could just be going completely into fan theory at that point however that is currently uploading it takes a while to upload an episode of that length here now right now um i just want to talk about the demo which dropped today um i played it i played it live i streamed it on uh twitch which is our twitch is this guy sick pod and it, you know, my first impressions when playing it was how beautiful the game looks. Uh, that is a, that is a big thing. How good the character models look. Like Jesse, for example, is so beautiful in how they've made her that you just see her and are like, wow. And the same could be said for um, Biggs as well. And, you know, Barrett and Cloud, like the way the characters look, they look so good. Uh, Wedge, not so much, but then, you know, he's Wedge and we all know what his deal is and what his point in the game is. And just, you know, the, the detail, the amazing levels of detail the game has gone. If you think back to Final Fantasy games, especially, and their role in consoles from the start. So if we look at the original... Uh, well, let's go to six. So six kind of pushed the snares to its limit in terms of depth that it could do. So Final Fantasy six pushed the snares to its limit in terms of like just how much time and depth and design went into it. Seven was the first on the PlayStation, you know, console, and it pushed the PlayStation at its that central point when it first got released, you know, within those first few years of release, Seven pushed the PlayStation into, like, look how big, look what we can do with this console. Um, we'll skip 8, because I don't think, while 8 was a progression, I don't think it pushed anything, but then when you play 9, 9 is basically the best a game can possibly look on that generation of consoles. Like, it was the the pinnacle, basically, of PlayStation graphics. If you look at just how nice 9 looks for its time period. The same can kind of then be said for Final Fantasy X, because X pushed the PlayStation 2 to its limit at that point, and looked, and still looks good now, you know, and looked fantastic for its time. We'll go on to thirteen, and again, while people don't like the game, it's not going to ever end up on my top 10 list, and there's only 15 you know, mainline games that could go in the top 10 list. So it shows you how low down it is. However, 13 is an amazingly looking game that even when you go back and play it now, if if you were, you know, wanted to torture yourself by playing it again, you would realize that it holds up today. The game holds up graphically now. So... The idea behind all, all of this stuff is that the PlayStation or any console that they throw Final Fantasy on, 
Since six, they've attempted to push the boundaries of gameplay and looks. And I feel like they've done that with seven. In fact, seven looks so impressive. It looks like it belongs to a different generation of games. It doesn't look like it's for this gen. And there are rumors from a lot of fans that basically what we're playing is the downscaled version and that some of the length they've taken in is because when the next gen hits with the, the PS5 and X series and they come out on them and they're going to re-release it as, as along with part two, we are going to get to see the full extent of just how good this looks. But right now, I was blown away by just how good the game looks and feels and sounds like the atmosphere is fucking amazing it's perfect like they have done so well with it that a lot of my doubts have been thrown to the wayside so aesthetically the game is incredibly pleasing um atmospherically it is fucking awesome like you feel like you have entered another world like it feels so real now playing it and you know for me not that i was getting emotional playing it but i was getting chills at points and i could feel myself like getting feeling a well of emotions because i first played final fantasy 7 when it came out um i'm 35 years old so i'm i'm, I'm not old but i'm not exactly young anymore and I played that when I was about 13 years old. And it was mind-blowing at the time. And that level of level of story, level, level of character depth that we had within it uh, knocked any game out of the ballpark for me at that point in time. Nothing could compare to how 7 made me feel. No matter how many other Final Fantasies I played, I know love, lots of people love 6, nothing could compare to everything they did in seven and you know some people go i'm wrong some people like to say that seven doesn't have any depth and there isn't any character but i think those people haven't actually played seven um and if you have played seven you were deliberately looking for things to be angry at rather than enjoying the game which unfortunately in today's culture lots of people look at something to pick it apart rather than play it to enjoy it and because seven is such an old game people that have caught up on it over the past 23 years will look at it and go well that's shit and i don't like that and they'll they'll try and twist it but you, you know even though these are opinions if you just look at the depth of the script and the lines and everything that went into the original seven you are wrong if you think the game has no story and no depth and that the characters aren't drawn out and they are they haven't had uh they haven't become fully fleshed because all the characters in it are fully fleshed. The only ones that don't go too deep into story-wise are the two optional characters. But even then, Vincent's entire story is intertwined with everything that went on in the past in the game. You realise how involved he was. That while you don't see a lot of it, you do experience the key moments. And while Yuffie doesn't have a lot of character development, the development she has when you steal the materia and then you have to go and fight her dad and fight your way up the pangoda right that in itself and you realize that these are people that have pride that were a, a nation that have lost a war and have now had to pick themselves up and almost be subservient to another nation and the parallels of that are kind of probably based on well, not probably they are they would have been based on the thoughts of the japanese after world war ii that feeling of loss of pride 
that Japan felt and still feels to this day um, and becoming an amusement park, which Japan hasn't, but I get it. Like, okay, the fetishization of anime and um, Japanese culture has become a big thing since. And if you look at the story elements with Yuffie at that moment, uh, that's basically what they're paralleling. That's what they're mentioning. That's what they're looking at for inspiration. So even the characters that don't get a lot, you still fully understand their motives. They're not like people like Zell, who does what? He just likes hot dogs and used to work out in his house a lot. Like, he doesn't have a lot of depth. He doesn't have a lot of, like, um, anything to him, you know, if you were to look at that. Or even if you were to look at, you know, Six, and you were to pick out someone who, like, who's up, you go-go, right? Like Yuffie, like Vincent, you pick out go-go. What the f- There's nothing. There's, like, no character depth there. You know, there's there's nothing like even even the fucking mog like there's no real depth there. And while you might try and argue it, like if you start talking about fan theories rather than what is in game, you are then losing the battle because the fan theories do not make the game. Fan theories, fan headcanon do not make a game good. So while people might shit on seven and are looking for something to go seven, the way it originally made me feel and how I felt playing this this demo is exactly the same. Uh, I was worried that they wouldn't be able to recapture what they did in the original seven. This is always going to be a big worry of mine, especially when it came to the battle system, because, you know, I'm, I'm a turn-based fan. I, I prefer turn-based. I'm not into um, action RPGs so much, even though I do play a fair amount of them. Uh, they're not as good as turn-based, and I'm always going to be a, a turn-based fan purist or strategy purist you know a tactical turn-based action i like as well um but playing this felt and, and reminded me of mass effect uh so in mass effect when you're running and shooting things you would be able to use your powers by slowing down the action around you to select things from your menu to just fire out whether they just be like your your pulses or your abilities or even things like being able to use your uh, like melee skills when you get close to them by pulling out these things like mass effect did that very well all the way through the mass effect series i i haven't played andromeda more than about 20 minutes and i never played touched it again but i just found that that in itself like that way that that played felt smooth switching back and forth between barrett and cloud was completely seamless and they feel like you are playing different characters um often in games even things like fighting games when you pick certain characters they all kind of feel the same uh often in rpgs they all have the same sort of level of speed or like the way their combos and stuff work barrett and cloud play like two different like two different characters you know barrett has zero close combat skills at all like that's not what he's there for he is your artillery and he's larger he's slower he doesn't move as quick. He doesn't dodge as quick. He doesn't deal as much damage because he's there to spot things that are high up, shoot things out of the ground. However, you know, when you attach the materia to him, then he becomes very useful because in this, he, he has the thunder materia attached to him. So he's the one using, you know, uh, Blizzaga and, you know, thunder magic. And not Blizzaga, um, Thundaga. 
he's the one using that magic while Cloud's using fire. Now, obviously, I haven't looked at the material system in this, and I'm not sure you're able to in the demo, but you would be able to swap that around. However, it means that if you know that Barrett is for purely back row artillery defense, shooting things out of the sky, when it comes to equipping him with materia now, they've kind of put him in a class system, which is almost like the job system of old, where, no, he has this set of skills. So when you're building materia on him, are you going to build materia that kind of allows you to get up close because that's what he can't do? Or, knowing that he doesn't do as much damage because he's shooting and he stays a little bit far away, are you going to throw things on him like uh, your buffs so that he is the character who's not going to be throwing shields on people or barriers? Like, is that what you're going to do with him while he stands back and fires? This is where you want him to go. Whereas Cloud is fast-paced, ba- fast uh, his dodge is better, his attacks deal more damage, um, his gauge uh, fills up quicker, um and when you switch back between the two modes so you've got the punisher mode where he hits heavy attacks um the transition is smoothly but then when you switch to the heavy attacks he now moves slower because he's having to use more energy in order to hit those attacks like the game plays just so nice that i was actually shocked at how good it is and it's like if you were, if you were to now think that tifa is going to be faster from what appears to be in the videos we've seen then that means that she is going to be able to do more than what cloud does in terms of damage when she gets in close and she's going to be able to dart in and out and attack which is a real real cool way of doing things but then we have other characters that we're going to have you know what what's what's Aerith's uh play style going to be because she has got a staff, so you can go in and whack stuff. Are we going to have her as more of a magic user who stands back and fires magic out? Are we going to just keep her as a pure healer who has the ability to defend herself with the staff? Like it opens up um, the gameplay options. And while you know people really like the job system, and I like the job system, and Seven was criticized by some for not have that you could make Cloud your healer if you wanted, right? And that's how you could play him. And you can make anyone anything. I think what this has done, um, which the original not failed to do, it was just a different time period, outside of the um, limit breaks in the original, you couldn't really um, decide what job your character gets. The, the, the limits do. They kind of show you who someone is, a dragoon or this. But outside of that, you can kind of play them any way you wanted. Um, if you wanted to aim you know, Aerith towards strength and use power sources and stuff, you could actually make her pretty, pretty solid at fighting as opposed to magic. This game seems to have changed all that. And now you know who does what. And when it comes to equipping material, while any material will work on them, it may be beneficial to use stuff that fits their gameplay style as opposed to just using whatever you want. But you also have that freedom that how that game play style works with how you play and how you're going to use the characters. You might not spend any time actually controlling someone like Aerith. You might actually leave her as the AI and you might stack her full of attack magic so she just throws that out all the time. Or you can, you know, you 
you still have those abilities and options to do it. Or if you want to play her as more of an attack character, you can. But you know that there are differences. You know that like playing purely as Barrett, for example, and shooting things may not be beneficial to your overall style of gameplay. But if you are going to use him for that, and you do have the yeah in your mind you've got your own tactics of what you're going to stack him with in terms of materia you could play him as that like it, you could make it that if that's how you wanted to so you know the the battle system i enjoyed i thought it was it was fluid it went it, it not only went well it went it felt like um it felt quick it didn't feel too clunky barrett felt clunky but that's purpose because He's meant to be bigger. He's meant to shoot. Uh, there were a few issues with the camera angles um, because of the height of Barrett in comparison to Cloud. When you switch back and forth, it's almost like the camera not zooms in, but the level, the eye level that you have with Barrett lowers. And if you're shooting stuff in the sky, you now have to aim your camera up to see them. Whereas with Cloud, you can see them in the sky above you. It's like uh, it's almost like they zoom in a little bit on Barrett because he's got that over-the-shoulder run-and-gun style gameplay. But again, like it's not that's not a, it's not something you couldn't change. It's not something you couldn't change with how the camera works. You you can prepare yourself for it by just aiming. You know you know where you're meant to be shooting at. Um, the lock-on system is not clunky but it's what you expect just tap through to change your lock on and they've never been that intuitive and this is very similar to that um i will say it may it, you know again going back to how it looks it might be one of the most beautiful games i've ever seen and the way in which the just the characters and how it feels square have outdone themselves with it then i'm going to go into the story elements now uh very briefly so the story in this game is the same it's very faithful to the original but there are little tidbits aimed at stuff we saw in the compilation and little little things that are expanding on it so if you look at the president shimra stuff and this is your spoiler warning but it, the demo's out now if, if you're listening to this and you haven't played it go and play it it's like 40 minutes long it, it's a decent sized demo um if you go before we get to this actually uh, a lot of people said they struggled with the guard scorpion but i messed like the i've only played this once the demo through once i played it live on twitch and i messed that thing up pretty fucking easily i didn't find it a difficult battle i didn't think that it was something that i couldn't get through i actually managed to fuck it up pretty pretty with ease it didn't feel like a lot of people were saying they struggled, they died on it, they couldn't dodge its tail laser. Like I think it only tried to hit me with the tail laser maybe three times because I was, maybe it's because of my how I was playing the game. I was just relentless with swapping back and forth between Cloud and Barrett and making sure that I'm using the Thunder Magic, making sure I'm getting behind it and using Braver or the Limit Break, the Cross Slash with Cloud. And I just kept switching swapping back and forth and hiding and within maybe like 10 minutes i'd, I'd killed the thing um maybe even less than 10 minutes i mean i messed it up pretty quickly um i have seen someone else play it when the demo was being played and on youtube months ago so i knew that it had it had a little weak spot on its bum hole that if you went behind the guard scorpion and pounded it in the ass you would do a lot of damage from destroying it from behind so I did know this going in. So tactically, I knew 
that was its weakness and that's where to go for. But I didn't really struggle with that. But story-wise, there's a callback to Before Crisis, where it's like these, uh, these guys are calling themselves Avalanche. We're not sure if they are the same group who tried to make an attempt on your life, is the lines given to President Shinra. And when you think about it, it's like in, in Before in before, not crisis, in before crisis, the avalanche side of it do attempt to kill President Shinra. And while I don't think the compilation is canon, and if you're listening to this and you want to hear us talk more about that, right after this, there'll be another episode, a full four-hour deep dive into the lore and into the essence of the compilation. And it's only going to be part one because... As I said earlier, we barely scratched the surface within that four hours. We did get sidetracked and talk about apes eating people's faces. But this is what happens when you have a drink. However, going back to the demo today and the story elements, you know, Bonora White posters, which is the apple from uh, Zach's hometown. Um, not Zach's hometown, sorry. Um, and Jill's hometown. The apple they're always eating and... You know, that, that that's all put through it, this Benora White Apple. Well, there's posters for Benora White Apple Juice, meaning the town of Benora actually exists in this world, whereas in the original Seven, you could not go to the town of Benora. And that's actually nice to see, because it's like, oh, maybe we will visit Benora. Maybe there will be more in terms of, you know, hints towards Angeal or Genesis or that sort of thing. Secondly, with that, you had poster for Icicle Water, which is after the Icicle Inn. You had um, other little things about the hair shampoo, which is like a joke from Crisis Core about Sephiroth possibly using this hair tonic, and which is quite funny that Sephiroth uses hair tonic to keep his hair soft. And they've got they've got adverts on the walls about the hair tonic. Um, like I said, the attempt on his life comes from before Crisis, the Elf and the original Avalanche, way before Barrett attempted to take down uh, President Shinra, and I think basically the Turks and Sephiroth saved the day and stop all that. So there's all this really, really cool like um, Easter eggs in it, and as I was running around playing it, I wasn't trying to just smash my way through it as quick as possible. I was stopping, I was pausing, I was looking at the walls looking at the details, and there is just so much in this game. So much. So now I'm going to look at the characters, right? Jessie is adorable. She is thirsty as hell towards Cloud, but it comes across in like a kind of funny way. Um, you can see Biggs is almost a little bit jealous of him because if you know through the, the game, uh, through the original game, that they may have been a couple. It's kind of hinted that they dated for a while. And those two, you kind of get this dynamic that he's jealous. She is just instantly like, Cloud's cute and I really fucking like him. Uh, Barrett comes across as this overly theatrical, uh, pissed off, very stereotypical black character. You know, Mr. T, which he always has been. So anyone who, like, some people might sit there and say it's racist, that he's like that. This is like digital digital blackface of a character, that kind of stuff. But the, the way I see it is, is that, no, that is his character, though. Um, and 
as the characters banter during battle, much like they did in 15, which was my favourite part of 15, was the camaraderie you could have while playing the game and walking around. They've done a lot of that. You can see very quickly that Cloud and Barrett start off on this opposite page, but by the end of this demo, there's like a respect there, especially from Barrett towards Cloud. But they're also sort of joking with each other. Like, he's just like, did you get to check out my skills? And Cloud's like, no, sorry, I must have missed it. And they're kind of like bantering back and forth, which adds a lot of character depth to a game that's going to be more action-based like this. Then you have everything with Cloud and Jesse. Like I said, she was awesome. But then he starts to warm. He's sort of like, yeah, whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But then at the end when he saves her and she goes, now that was cool. He's smiling. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm the shit. Like, he kind of has the attitude, which is the stuff he picked up from Zach. That's the cockiness that Zach would carry himself with. Um, it's just really, it's, it's really fucking good. Like, <laughs> um, seven is my favorite final fantasy the remake has the potential to be better than the original which is saying something because i know everything that's going to happen in these games you know in the two or three that they release but what i don't know is the extra stuff and what i do know from playing this the way it made me feel it is not a tedious game it is like an epic and I know openings to games, sometimes they need to bring you into the world and they need to like get you involved. And I've always found with video games that the games that do that, as opposed to hold your hand and are very slow to start, I tend to find a lot better. Uh, if you look at 15, for example, you have the tutorial random shit that you can do to learn how the battle system works. But then the game opens and you're pushing the car and then you go and do these little side, you got to fix the car. You're, like It doesn't pull you straight into its universe and into its story the way that this does. And even something like 13, with all its faults, you know, you're on that train and you are into a battle scenario and an escape scenario within seconds. You are straight away deep diving into that world. Whether or not that world made a lot of sense and they explained anything, which they didn't in 13, but they still did that. Um, 7 does that. Like, And if you, look at, if you look at other Final Fantasy games, 6, with Terror at the beginning, you know you're trying to get into uh, this cave. They found an Esper. You're in your Magitek. Like, it all goes tits up. Like, the game throws you deep into the world and explains a lot of the lore to you right off the bat any good game any good fantasy game should do that um this is one of the things that you could have you could easily take umbrage with and have an issue with about final fantasy 8 is that school setting is not a very um deep and meaningful setting to jump into it's a little bit boring and a little bit lame and then you run around and, you know, you go and get your first GF and then you go back. And then the stuff that happened in the opening sequence with that you see ends up that everyone raves on about how great the opening FMV is. But that's stuff that hasn't happened yet, a lot of it. Like, uh, you know, when you see, you know, a deer in that scene, like that's the same bit of footage you see of her later during her little coronation fucking celebration or whatever the fuck it is she's doing, right? So it... It kind of like, not ruins it, but it just shows you shit. It shows you stuff that hasn't happened yet. It's showing you like, um, 
I promised, I promised to meet you here, all that stuff. Like it does that before you've even got to it. And I feel like as a game, that's where some of eight's failings come from. It doesn't introduce you to its world in an action-packed, invested way. It slowly pulls you in. Even nine has this like you understand that what you're doing is like we're creeping in we're stealing a princess and we're getting out like it's action-packed it's fast-paced you're running around looking for her then you crash in this shitty woods like it it drags you straight into their world some of the final fantasy games just don't do that this does it the same way that the original seven does but the suspense that you feel in the original of like we're going in here. We're gonna. There's going to be a time limit to get out. Uh, it all feels not slower. It feels more suspenseful in the original. In the remake, this feels epic. This feels like these guys are in over their head. They are not very professional. They cannot believe their luck. And we'll get to that story-wise. You know that they're kind of being allowed to do this because false flag attacks are good for a fucking government, as we know. Uh, and they, they draw in on that stuff, which is which is cool. And they just kind of like, it just throws you into this beautiful, massive city. And while you only see a little part of it, because you're coming out of a train station and sneaking into a reactor, you get to see like there is an outer depth to everything around you that it's now almost, you know, it's, a, it's just over a month away and I cannot wait to get my fucking hands on it. Like I was hyped before, and wanted it but i was worried about being disappointed now i've played it i don't think they're going to disappoint me at least with the gameplay i won't be disappointed you know i still don't know fully if the story is going to disappoint me or fully if i'm going to have issues with anything else that goes on in it but i wholeheartedly know now that the game itself is a lot of fun the way it looks is fun the voice actors i enjoy the characters that we see on display and the way they behave and interact with each other, I've enjoyed so far that if this goes on and it keeps this epic level of coolness and almost reality as well, like, you know, when they say Final Fantasy XV is a game based on reality, what, more than seven? Like, especially now? No. The, seven is a game based on reality more than any of them. Even in the 90s with the mega corporation, with pollution with you know uh trying to make super soldiers trying like even then that stuff was more real than now it's almost like how metal gear is more reality based than it is fiction in lots of ways because it throws a lot of real life reality in there and seven seems to do this more than others just because you can drive around in normal looking cars in 15 doesn't mean it's a fantasy based on reality or whatever the hell they tried to say this looks like it is, and it looks and feels just, you know, I'm genuinely, maybe I'm overexcited, and you can leave comments, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, if, or if I've hit the nail on the head, but this feels like something else. Uh, that's all I'm really going to say here, because we do, have, you can probably still go back and watch the video on Twitch that I did earlier, uh, like I said, this guy's sick pod on Twitch, you can find us there. Uh, we are going to start doing a lot more Twitch stuff going forward. That was just the first little jump in test to see how it goes. And just all in all, I've, I've enjoyed everything I've played today. I'm actually going to have another go at it so I can have more of an explore around and not push myself to play it 
and talk about it at the same time like I was when I first played it via via Twitch. And you know, I just hope I hope everyone else feels as, as positive about it as I do. So that's it. I'm out. This is this is the end of of this little mini episode. Thanks for listening. There is a big episode on the way. We recorded it Saturday. It's now Monday. I was so hungover on Sunday, which is when I normally boast them, that I just couldn't bring myself to even do it. Uh, so that will that's all being corrected now. It's going to be up in a few hours because it, it takes a while to upload. It will hit Spotify first, as they always do, and sometimes it takes. 10 hours from upload to hit apple or google so i recommend spotify as the main listen all links are always on our page pinned to the top they take you straight to every episode we've ever done uh, uh, the new episodes we've done the old episodes are still there if you want to listen to them you can track them down there this guy's sick 2019 so they're very much easy to find they're just quality levels aren't as good as anything we've done since or anything we are doing now. So we've kind of kept them separate. There's a few wrestling episodes on this channel that, that are there now from when we had the wrestling podcast, which was separate, but we're now all bringing it into one. There will be some wrestling episodes going forward, just not as many as they used to be. There may be one a month, that type of thing. And yeah, no, thanks for listening. This, 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 um, go play it. Let me know. I really want to hear, um, actually want to have like an official little thing where people can talk about this on the page because genuinely I thought it was great and I want to hear if people didn't like it and why they didn't like it but I also want to hear thoughts were there shit I didn't pick up on that you picked up on so yeah I'm Sam Valentine this is this guy's sick little bonus mini episode again thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon uh, and uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You guys are fantastic. Um, you 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 give everything that we do meaning. And the more interaction and questions we get from you guys, the better. So thank you very much. Um, have a fucking good day. Make sure you play the, the demo. And yeah, let us know because we want to hear your thoughts on the demo. In fact, when we do our next episode uh, on Saturday, I'd love as many questions sent in as possible about the seven demo. Uh, 